Hey, welcome to the Friends with Businesses podcast. In this episode, we talk with Laura Anderson, co-founder of Religious Trauma Institute, an online community for mental health clinicians, advocates, researchers, and survivors to expand the conversation about adverse religious experiences and to create trauma-informed resources for survivors of religious trauma. We talk with Laura about how she ended up in her field, how social media has helped her grow her business, and what she sees for the future of RTI. Hey, welcome back to the Friends with Businesses podcast. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Blake. We are here today with Laura Anderson of the Religious Trauma Institute. Laura, so great to have you. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Can't wait to hear more about your business. Yeah. So first, Laura, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you like to do when you're not working? Who are you as a person? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, Yeah, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and I have a private practice as well. Um, My primary clientele is complex trauma, which includes religious trauma. And um, outside of that, what I do for fun is school. I and I mean, I have friends, <laughs> um, but I, I do spend a lot of time uh, in school. I'm getting my PhD in mind body medicine, and um, I'm in the final stages writing my dissertation, which makes me a PhD candidate. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting, and hope to be done the end of this summer. Very exciting. So you have a lot of things on your plate right now. I do. I do. But it keeps me busy. I'm not usually bored. And that's important. So your PhD program, Mind Body Medicine. Medicine. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? That sounds very interesting. Yeah. So it is, um, you know, there's kind of this idea of Eastern medicine, Western medicine. Um, And it's kind of this integrative approach to medicine, realizing we probably need both. Um, So my degree in particular approaches everything from a very body-based modality, integrative um, method. And so I have training in like clinical hypnosis, coaching, um, energy medicines, Chinese medicine, Indian medicine, all sorts of different modalities. Um, And that I can implement that into my practice. The goal is to be able to give people holistic care. So um, whether that's referring them out to a network of professionals, uh, maybe a physical therapist or a massage therapist or or a doctor, um, as well as maybe a a regular therapist or psychotherapist or somebody to do energy medicine, it's kind of looking at the whole person and treating them from that perspective. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Yeah, so are, are you a, are you a Nashville native or how long have you been here? Oh, good question. I'm originally from Minnesota, but I have been in Nashville for almost 10 years. 10 so. years. And how, how do you know Elizabeth? I know Elizabeth because we had mutual friends, um, but we went on our first friend date about a year ago. <laughs> and where, where, did you, yeah, we did. where did you guys go? 
we went to a little Mexican restaurant in Donaldson yeah. and we both got there and we were like, it kind of feels like we're on a date. <laughs> so it was, it was just you and her together. Yeah. It was. yeah. Well, we just seen drank it. margaritas. Just drank margaritas and ate tacos, I guess. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Cute yeah. little place in Donaldson. Cantina mm -hmm. something? Uh, Nectar Urban Cantina. Yeah, it's wonderful. Okay. It's all local grown, fresh food. And then they've mm -hmm. got entertainment in the backyard, like a uh, stage for bands and yard games. And it's awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. And we've been friends ever since. Yes, we have. And now it's here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. I don't know that I know this, Laura. Why exactly or what were a couple of specific things that happened that led you to this program in particular that you're studying because it seems pretty school, yes in school yeah. yep mm -hmm. it seems pretty uh unique so mm -hmm. how did you make that decision and how did you find it yeah so there's a, a little bit I'll give you the highlights because there's a personal piece to it um I have my own background in trauma and was just feeling like I was stuck in different modalities that I was using. And I couldn't find anybody that could seem to like help me. And so I thought, well, I guess I'll just like go find a school and get trained myself and, and see if that helps at all. And so I started looking at various programs, psychology. I even looked at like neuroscience um, and nothing was really fitting. And I opened up my search kind of to like a nationwide search and somehow happened to stumble upon my the school that I'm at, which is Saybrook University. Um, there's a joke at Saybrook that you don't find Saybrook, Saybrook finds you. And I think that's incredibly true because I still to this day don't know how I found it, but it was absolutely the right program for me. So when I read over the description of mind-body medicine, I was like, this is the degree that was made for me specifically, all the things that I've ever wanted. Um, so it was kind of a no-brainer at that point. Um, and I applied and got accepted and started a few months later. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. So, okay, we're here to talk about the Religious Trauma Institute, which is your yeah. new business mm -hmm. and separate yet connected to the private therapy practice that mm -hmm. we've already mentioned. Mm -hmm. So tell us how, when, and why you and your business partner decided to start the Religious Trauma Institute. Yeah. So interestingly, school plays into that piece also. Um, I'm at the end of my PhD program, which meant that you have to do like a practicum, you know, field experience. And when you're in a PhD program, you just have a lot of flexibility in terms of what you want that to look like. And I've been interested in religious trauma for quite some time. I have many of my clients who are dealing with that. I have a history of that as well. And so as I started to look around for resources or therapists that were trained, I realized there was really nothing. And so my project for my practicum was that I created this really comprehensive resource um, about how to treat religious trauma from a very specific, what's called trauma-informed perspective. And in doing so, I, I started using social media to just kind of see what other people would want uh, their therapists to know about religious trauma, what they felt important um, in terms of what they should know, how they should be treated, things to consider. 
And through that, I had some great contacts with a lot of different people, but that is how I met my business partner. Who's, his name is Brian Peck. He's a licensed clinical social worker in Boise, Idaho. And I found him and I was like, oh my gosh, this person is doing the same thing that I'm wanting to do. And so we connected via social media and, you know, and then met on Zoom and started meeting with a couple other clinicians that were starting to try to do the same thing or put resources out there. And um, there, there's amazing people that we work with, but they weren't quite doing the things that we were looking to do. There was a lot of focus on survivors and resources for them, which is great. That's awesome and is kind of part of what we do. But Brian and I were really looking to um, equip uh, mental health providers, coaches, advocates, even clergy members. We're not anti-religion. We're just, um, you know, we're anti-abuse, religious abuse, spiritual abuse, those sorts of things. And so we started to identify there's some groups that we could really do some education with in order to reduce harm to those people that are in those systems. And so one night we'd been emailing back and forth and meeting and texting for months. And one night I said, oh, I think we need to do something. And I was like, how about Religious Trauma Institute? And I got like a novel back from Brian. He's like, this is what I've been waiting to do. And I just haven't been able to put words around it. And within the span of like 30 minutes, he's like, here's what I bring to the table. Here's my weaknesses and areas I need to work on. What are yours? How do you think we could do this? And I was like, okay, I, we're, we're doing this, um, which was awesome because it, it was almost a no brainer. Like I didn't even have to say like, give me a night to think about it. It was like, this is definitely what we've been trying to do. And now we've figured out the component parts to it. So that was the birth of it. Um, and then it's kind of grown from there. Yeah. Wow. And when did you say that was? Was that 2019? That was, yeah, that was 2019. So maybe like November. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. And there's kind of a funny story with it too, because we thought we'd do like a slow rollout, like maybe in March, you know, we would we would introduce it to the world. And he went on a podcast the next week and I got a text from him and he's like, Hey, how about next week? And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, I kind of mentioned it on the podcast that I was just on. So we need to put together a web page and social media and, and figure something out. So we were born in November. <laughs> you became an entrepreneur overnight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which, 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 pod, which podcast was he on that he mentioned it? He was on that podcast, I believe, was Life After God with Ryan Bell. Okay. Yeah. It's a great episode. You should totally listen to it. <laughs> and then you'll know that's where, like, we were being born then. That's <laughs> where it was born. Yeah. That's where it was born. Yep. This is so interesting because the other guests that we have talked to and most of the people that I happen to interact with in the business world we say the same exact things that you've been talking about. You yeah. defined your mission, your values, and mm -hmm. the kind of set up the organization. You saw a need in the market, even though yes. in your day-to-day -day life, you I don't know if you think about your clients as a market, but I'm yeah. guessing maybe a lot of therapists yeah. don't <laughs> think well, about it. Therapists mostly think about it in terms of specialties. So like I was, I would say, I guess my specialty or market is complex trauma. Within that, it's 
domestic violence, religious trauma, and sexual trauma. So yeah, so it is a market. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the clients that I see, but I call it my specialty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, totally. So it's just, it's really interesting to me how it all translates in a yeah. slightly different yeah. context mm -hmm. and how, so your customers and mm -hmm. um, the people that you are either, no matter if you're giving free resources or mm -hmm. selling products to them, am I understanding correctly, they are, or at least started as providers. So you talked about clergy, mental health providers, mm -hmm. uh, other therapists. So you're not sharing resources necessarily directly to clients and just regular people. Is that right? Yes and no. So our primary audience is going to be more along the lines of the helper, the clinician, the clergy member, the coach, uh, the community advocate. We do have a part of it that we are gearing towards the survivor or the client of religious trauma, but we're also partnering with another organization that is very client focused. And so we'll do more like some psychoeducation and resource stuff. And if they're looking for therapy, we have a great um, organization that we're working with that we can send them there. Uh, yeah, but so our primary will be the clinician or the helper that we're focusing on. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And so what, what's it been like for the past six months? How has the organization <laughs> evolved from being mentioned on a podcast to yeah. wherever you are now? Yeah. Um, it's been a little crazy. Um, you know, I, I was really clear with my, with Brian that, you know, being, at this point in my PhD, that my time was going to be a little bit more limited until, you know, the end of this year. And he fully understood that. And so we have tried to do a slower rollout. <laughs> and then we kind of get these opportunities like podcasts to be on or people asking us to do training or speaking. Um, that's kind of, for lack of a better term, forced us to push forward a little bit faster. Um I think I'm not quite answering your question though. No, you are just yeah. how it's evolved over the yeah. past few months. So. Yeah. Well, and I would say social media has been a huge part of that. So when we look at religious trauma, you know, religion in society is usually looked at as a positive thing. And so we're seeing it a kind of a different side of it. And so social media has really spoken to that. And so, We've done a lot of our work. That's how we've evolved is by making connections both with clinicians, survivors, podcast hosts, um, you know, chaplains, like people that are are doing some of this work that are wanting to partner with us. And so while we have longer term goals right now, sometimes we're as the needs come up, we're designing stuff around that. So, for instance, we worked with a podcast um, this past about a month ago, they did a series on parenting and religious trauma. And so with that, we also developed like an e-course for subscribers or anybody who wanted to um, from that podcast to get more tips and lessons and, and whatnot on religious trauma, parenting with religious trauma and those sorts of things. Got it. Yeah. So I, I, exactly I see that I you're I see that you're on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, what other social media platforms have been helpful and which has been the most helpful? 
So Twitter's been the least helpful because (laughs) (laughs) I I value it the least. Um, So we kind of, so Brian is really great at uh, Facebook. I don't spend much time on there, but he's actually developed several communities um, for different people. So he's really worked on the Religious Trauma Institute Facebook group, and I've taken over uh, the Instagram. And so I think actually Instagram is where we've kind of gotten the most buzz. And I think that's just kind of natural to how a lot of social media is. Um, but we've gotten some great communities. Um, just we have we haven't even posted that much. I just put a lot in Instagram stories and and somehow we get more followers, uh, which is kind of cool. But yeah, Instagram is probably where we reach the most people. Is, is it all organic or do you, are you paying for advertisement? It is organic. We are not paying for cool. advertisements. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even know you could. So cool. Maybe we will. <laughs> yeah. If you need any help with that, we're, we've, we've been doing a lot of cool stuff with Network Under 40 with okay. Facebook ads. So oh, nice. if you need any, any pointers, let me know. Okay. Yeah. I will let Brian know, especially with the Facebook stuff. Thank you. Yeah. yeah Laura, that was a great, you answered my question exactly. I was mm-hmm. just curious, what are some of the specific products or services that you were creating for people and how that might have changed in the past few months since you got started. And I'm, I'm again, just really interested because I guess in my mind, I've separated business and therapy in the past. So I'm thinking that's such a, Mm -hmm. that's such a personal or such a um, Mm -hmm. different type of field, but you're doing exactly what any business owner would do by responding yeah. to opportunities and, yeah. and responding mm-hmm. to what people are telling you that they want, whether it mm-hmm. be free resources or something that they're paying for. So do you have, are you monetizing anything yet? We have a bank account <laughs> um, and there is money in it from Brian and I. Um, <laughs> so we will be monetizing where we are looking at that. Um, you know, of course, going all the business stuff of setting up an LLC and, you know, the confidentiality stuff and privacy notices. And, um, I admit I'm not great at that. That's where Google has been awesome. And Brian has been even more awesome because he likes that behind the scenes stuff. Um, so the goal is to monetize, um, and the bulk of that will come through trainings for, for clinicians and coaches and helpers and those sorts of things. We would love to be able to offer resources to survivors for free or little to no cost, um, just because you know they they need it. Yeah. Um, so there will be we will be doing that. Um, the plan is that we we are in the beginning stages of planning stuff, which I guess is not public yet that would be kind of a nice jump start. Um, and hopefully by, you know, this summer, we'll have some stuff that people can purchase. Um, therapists have to get continuing education and some other professions do too. So our goal is to be able to offer the what qualifies for continuing education for different clinicians, helpers, those sorts of sure. things. And we'll be able to make some money off of that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's mm-hmm. something that is a necessity for them that they would be doing right. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do clinicians typically pay for their continuing education? Almost always. Yes. There occasionally they'll have free seminars and trainings and things like that. 
But typically for anything that, this is going to sound weird, but like has worth to it where it's like a really specialized training or something, yeah, you're going to end up paying for it. So people are already used to doing that. And if it's a great way to learn about a new modality or a new um, area and you need it anyways with the continuing ed. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you plan on... This is just an idea. I'm excited about this now. I love the brainstorming part. Do you plan (laughs) on doing some sort of certification? Like I've been certified by the Religious Mm -hmm. Trauma Institute to XYZ. Yeah, that is the part I think I am personally most excited about. Um, So that can look a variety of ways. So um, whether that's a coach, having like a coaching certification, you know, from the Religious Trauma Institute One of the things I mentioned, we're partnering with a different organization for clients to be able to go to. So what we're going to do is put together like a certification that if you go through this certification, then you're able to be on like a networking list that clients can go to and know that you have training in religious trauma through the Religious Trauma Institute. You've got training in in trauma modalities and and you have access to them. So I'm excited about that part. I, I wish it was already there right now, but yes, that's one of the things I'm looking most forward to. Cool. Yeah. It's a yeah. good idea. Mm-hmm. And those things just take time. Yeah. It all I know. <laughs> yes. I'm like this time next year, maybe. Yeah. When I have time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like what questions do you have? Uh, the, the last question I have. So you mentioned you're going to be doing some training and certification programs for for RTI. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the very next step to get that kicked off? Mm. Well, oh, that's a good question to get it kicked off. <laughs> yeah, I'm always big about next step. Like, what's next? You know, we have a really great like content like designed already on paper, mm-hmm. and so literally it's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's it. It's perfect. The time to do it. Like Creating have, the content, you yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like we have, you know, we've got, you know, these documents and it's like, oh, here's this training and this training and this training that we've been like just, you know, putting into these files. And it's like, okay, we just need to do it, you know? Um, and then I think the other thing for me too is then continuing to expand on social media. That's another big step because nowadays social media is so crucial to be able to grow businesses. And, and especially when you have such a u- unique uh, niche, like that's oh, yeah. a great way. So um, I have intentions to continue um, putting that together. And with that would be a blog. So again, it's the time thing, but that's definitely a next step as well. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, Laura, last question. How do you define success? So I was thinking about this. I wrote some notes down. <laughs> like, that's a big question. Um, you know, and I, I feel like success is often used in terms of like uh, meeting a goal or as it relates to a job. And I feel I'm very much not black and white. I'm the opposite. So any gray space and like, it can be whatever you want it to be. So it's subjective in some ways, you know, what's successful for you may or may not be for me and vice versa. But um, I kind of feel like success could be whatever you want it to be, as long as it's congruent with who you are and like living out of the highest value of self. So what I wrote was like, it's being able to live in all areas of your life in your authentic, true self. And 
that could look however, but it's dependent on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Yeah, I love thanks. how we get a unique answer every time. And I yeah. Love that yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for sharing yourself with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Can't wait to see more about where RTI goes in the future. We will stay posted. Where can we yeah. find you guys online? Mm. Yeah. So we do have a website, religioustraumainstitute.com. That is, we're trying to continually add things to it. So it's, it's pretty basic right now, but you can still access some stuff. Social media is the best way to find us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Religious Trauma Institute. And then on Twitter, we are at Religious Trauma. So that's where you can find us. Okay. Everybody go find them. Thanks yeah. again, Laura. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Laura. Mm -hmm. I did Elizabeth leave. Okay. <laughs> She usually stays on and kind of does a debriefing. She's really, I'm sure she just okay. She's really I, happy with that. She asked me, like, is Elizabeth? Oh, she's gone. She, she usually stays on. To do that. She's like, we're done. Bye. <laughs> That's what I do to all my podcast guests. <laughs>